Welcome to the River City 360 Road Trip. Today we're heading out to Steinbach, Manitoba, where we visited the Mennonite Heritage Village. Let's go! Hello and welcome back to River City 360. On today's road trip, we're here in Steinbach visiting the Mennonite Heritage Village. We're speaking with Barry Dick, Executive Director, and Patricia West, who is the Development Coordinator here at the Village. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Thank you. The Mennonite culture is very agricultural based, am I correct? Yes. Uh, Mennonites have for... Uh, centuries, I guess, been been farmers, been involved in agriculture, not exclusively, but that makes our museum uh, very much an agriculturally oriented museum. We have a lot of farm equipment. We have some wonderful exhibits of old tractors, old trucks and cars. Uh, we keep uh, live animals on the yard every summer, which uh, kids just love. Uh, so there's a lot of agricultural fun that goes on here. When you first get into the museum itself, you're greeted by a large gift shop where you can purchase unique items that I've only seen here myself. As well as you enter in, uh, there's a map that kind of describes the migration period of Mennonites here in Canada and the world for that matter. Also in this building, I noticed that you have two different galleries. Can you talk about those? Sure. Our main gallery uh, is relatively permanent, although we do change out some artifacts from time to time to uh, preserve them and put them back in, in climate-controlled storage. Uh, and that gallery uh, goes all the way back to the time of the Reformation, to Martin Luther, and talks about how the Mennonite faith was established, how it evolved, and then how through uh, persecution and uh, a desire by the Mennonite people to uh, maintain freedoms in their life experience, uh, moved around first from uh, Europe to Poland, which was Prussia at the time, and then later from Poland to Russia, and then Russia to Canada. And there were numerous other migrations as well, particularly with other Mennonite groups. Uh, just a lot of movement because what happened in the 16th century uh, was not a very friendly environment to a variety of faith groups, uh, the Mennonites being just one of them. Uh, the other gallery is our Gerhard Entz Gallery, and it's what we call a temporary gallery where we create uh, at least one new exhibit annually. Sometimes we have more than one in there in a year, but this year we've chosen the theme of Mennonite clocks, so the gallery currently has about, I think, a little over 30 old clocks in it. If I'm not mistaken, they probably all come from Russia or Poland. And there's a lot of stories. Clocks were very significant in Mennonite households, uh, Mennonite culture. Um, my personal sense is that, that a clock sort of expressed the family brand, if you will, and, and they brought them with them. You can imagine a wall-hanging clock with its pendulum and its weights and chains and strings and all that. And the de delicacy of a clock would make it uh, slightly difficult to, to pack and transport, but, but they, they brought them with them uh, time and time again from Russia and from Poland. Really interesting stories about how important it was to bring clocks with them. As soon as we leave this building here, we're greeted by a numerous amount of different buildings here that span multiple eras. How large is the village altogether? The village is on a 40-acre piece of land, although not all of that is actively used in exhibit and so on. We do have 
some land for parking and we do have some land to grow some crops so that we can feed our animals and so that we can do threshing demonstrations and that kind of thing. It's a fairly large piece of property. It's a great place for young families to come and run around uh, and get some of the energy out of their bones. Can you, can you describe to us just a few of the different buildings that people will see as they walk down that main strip there and kind of get transported back 100 years or so? Sure. Uh, the Village Street uh, is, of course, there to commemorate the 1874 migration insofar as that's what they, they had in Russia at the time, and that's how they settled here originally in Canada, in these villages. There are many villages in southern Manitoba that have disappeared. There are still a few south of Winkler and not too many in this area. The buildings on the north side of the street are all original buildings. They have all been moved here from elsewhere. This, this site is only about 55 years old, but they are all buildings that are, I believe, all built before 1900. And they are largely residential. There's three houses. There's two barns. Uh, it was common to have barns attached to the houses in that, in that era. There's also a, a worship house or church and a, and a private school. The other side of the street is more commercial. Uh, there is a general store there, there's a blacksmith shop, there's a printery, and then of course we have our uh, livery barn restaurant uh, there as well. So, uh, and those buildings, by and large, with one exception, those buildings are replicas. They are not original buildings, so they've been built to, to kind of uh, copy what might have been in, in the 1870s uh, and, and that era. Why is it important to maintain a connection to this, to that era and to the past for this generation to sort of see how people lived back then and, and, and what they went through to survive? Well, I think it's important that we uh, don't get too caught up in our freedoms, our prosperity, uh, and all of the good things that we have. When we, when we read the stories of what happened to some of these people uh, what happened to them uh, in Poland, in Russia, and even before that, uh, it's very difficult to imagine what life was like and, and how these people then made decisions to come here and why it is that we live here in this kind of uh, freedom and peace uh, has a lot to do with some really tough decisions that have been made over the centuries. What is it like when people come through here for the first time, whether they are elderly or youthful? How do they respond when they see all the old tractors and everything like that? Well, kids are kids and, and don't necessarily have a lot of appreciation for history. They love running around, they love playing in the sandbox, they love swinging on the swings, climbing on the straw bales, feeding the animals and the chickens. Uh, that, that's a blast for kids. We, we just hope that, that when they are older and when they have children of their own, they will remember this place and come back again with their children and and maybe then they'll start to appreciate the stories that are told. The elderly people, uh, a lot of them have memories, so they, they kind of cherish a place like this. Other, a lot of people come as tourists. They see our billboards on the highway and, oh, museum. Well, let's go and have a look at this museum. And, well, it's interesting because it's a pioneer museum. Yeah, there's varying response from different age groups. What's your personal favorite part about the whole, uh, the whole exhibit, the whole grounds, everything? What's your personal favorite thing? Uh, probably has to be the barnyard. Uh, I grew up on a farm feeding animals in the morning when I got up uh, and when I came home from school uh, I was allowed to have a snack before I go out and feed the animals but we'd feed the animals before supper. Uh, and so every day in the summertime when the animals are here after lunch, I usually enjoy lunch in the livery barn restaurant, I'll 
walk around by the animals and, and uh, check them out. And it's kind of my animal therapy. And, and if I'm all by myself, I might even get into one of the cages and play hide and seek with a baby goat. According to my knowledge, there's a Pioneer uh, Festival happening right away. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and what the Mennonite Heritage Village will be doing for that? Uh, for Pioneer Days, which is this upcoming weekend, the August long weekend, we have it starts off with a huge parade through Main Street of Steinbach. And it goes, I think it starts about 10 a.m. on Friday and ends around 11-ish. And then everything continues here. We do demonstrations for the weekend, Pioneer demonstrations. We mill flour if the wind is cooperating with us. Uh, we get the threshing machines out. We do some, um, what is that, stoop? A stooking sheaves. We do some of that, and uh, they make butter. And there's also uh, quilting ladies are always going in the quilting room there, so that'll be going on. Um, and then we've got lots of entertainment for the kids, face painting. Uh, Mr. Ken will be out, and there's a robot on Monday coming as well, so it'll be busy. That's awesome, and I hear that your kids even like to come and volunteer. They do. Uh, two of my daughters, I believe, are coming on well, through the whole weekend, uh, selling tickets for the trip raffle, as well as helping with barrel train admissions and helping me with uh, photography and things like that. The Pioneer Days celebration will be happening this weekend from Friday to Monday, so make sure you come and check it out and uh, grab yourself a waffle and, and <laughs> traditional uh, Mennonite food. Also, if you visit the general store, uh, you can actually visit a lot of Steinbach's local artisans and purchase some of their products there as well. So help support the local community here in Steinbach. Before we go today, uh, is there anything else that either of you would like to add about the village? If you want to know more about Pioneer Days, there is a fairly detailed program on our website at www.mhv.ca, MHV as in Mennonite Heritage Village. On the front page, if you scroll down one or two rolls, you'll see it. Thank you again, Barry and Patricia, for joining us today on our road trip and uh, hope to see you at Pioneer Days. Thanks for coming on the RC360 road trip. See you next week, same time, different place.